Hey folks, I'm Pastor Eric Tritton from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio, and this is A Weekly Word, and I'm glad you're with me. Today, we are continuing our series on things you didn't learn in Sunday school about, and today we're going to talk about Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah, like Isaiah last week, um, I, I don't remember studying Jeremiah in Sunday school. Again, I remember reading from Jeremiah I certainly remember studying him later, but uh, I, I don't remember studying him in Sunday school. And it, there might be some good reasons for that. Um, and uh, maybe by the end of this, you'll have some opinions on that yourself. Um, because we actually do know quite a lot about Jeremiah and his life, uh, because his, his story is woven throughout the book that bears his name. Uh, some of which was written by Jeremiah himself, and some of it by his scribe, his partner in his work, a guy by the name of Baruch. And so there are all kinds of different events and God used uh, different moments and activities of Jeremiah as prophecies uh, to the people of Judah. So Jeremiah lived about a hundred years after Isaiah. Now, last week I mentioned that Isaiah lived during some difficult times because the northern kingdom, Israel, uh, had been invaded and they'd been taken into captivity by Assyria. Uh, Jeremiah's call was to serve the, the southern kingdom, Judah, as they were being invaded by different nations and as they're eventually defeated by Babylon and people are taken away into captivity to Babylon. Uh, it tells us in chapter 1, that Jeremiah was called in the 13th year of King Josiah, which means that he started his ministry somewhere around uh, 625 to 627 BC. Um, his ministries, they, they spanned about 40 years and they began when he was a young man. He was probably around 20 years old when he was called into this ministry. He was from a priestly family, um, but it was a priestly family that had fallen out of favor with the kings of Judah in the land where he is serving. He is the prophet of the decline and fall of the kingdom of Judah. And that included the fall of Jerusalem in 597 BC. In Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, when God calls Jeremiah, he says to him, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So here's this young man and he receives this calling. He says, even before you were born, I've chosen you to make you a prophet, one who proclaims God's word and delivers his messages to kings and, and to the nation. In fact, uh, God warns him, this is not going to be an easy job. He says, I will pronounce my judgments against Judah uh, for the evil they did when they abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and worship the works of their own hands. Idolatry is a big, big theme throughout the book of Jer Jeremiah. He says, uh, now get ready, stand up and tell them everything I command you. Do not be intimidated by them or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, 
I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze wall against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. So from the moment, the beginning of his ministry, he knows that all, all these different people are going to oppose him, that he has to speak God's judgment out to them. And a lot of his career was proclaiming that Judah would go into captivity and that they would be punished for their idolatry and their wickedness and for the behaviors that were, were tied to that idolatry. And as you can imagine, it was not a popular message. It was not a message that people wanted to hear. Now, the people who were faithful, who trusted in God and in his promises, uh, they received that word with, with faith and with sorrow and with repentance and trusting God. But there were a lot of people who resisted Jeremiah and who worked against him. And he's called the weeping prophet because he genuinely grieved over the fall of God's people and the, the, the devastation that was to come upon them. In fact, you can read his words regarding the fall of Jerusalem after the fact in a book called Lamentations, where he grieves at the death and the destruction that came upon Judah because God was punishing them for their sin. So th this is a, it is kind of a hard book to read. Uh, it's hard in part because it's non-chronological. Uh, things don't necessarily happen in order, and that can be a little bit confusing for us. But it's, it's really hard because of the content. God is portrayed as a scorned husband and, and Judah as his cheating wife. You know, and the, the language is sometimes a little bit graphic, talking about how his wife Judah cheated on him. Um, it's a frustrating book because we like it when the good guy wins. And Je Jeremiah's work is to bring everything to, you're going into exile. You know, he's opposed by uh, the rulers of Judah, people who should have honored him. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 36, uh, King Jehoiakim uh, actually receives a scroll from Jeremiah. And as he reads it, he takes out his knife and he cuts off the line and throws it into the fire. Just such disdain for God's word. Um, he's opposed by false prophets in the time. Uh, there's an interchange particularly with Hananiah, who pro proclaims that there's going to be peace and blessings and all these good things from God. And Jeremiah's like, man, I hope you're right, but I know you're not. He was arrested. He was imprisoned, thrown into a well. He's eventually rescued by faithful people. He was there when, Jer when Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians and they were taken captive. And when they were taken captive, he stayed in Judah. He stayed there to proclaim God's word to the people there and, and, and to the people who had been taken into captivity. He would, he would write letters to them. Uh, but even as he stayed there, the people came to him and they wanted to know what to do. They were thinking that maybe they should get out of there and go to Egypt. And so he prayed about that and he delivered God's word to these people. And he, he says, no, don't go to Egypt. 
God will bless you here. He's going to build you here. And so the people who heard this message, they kidnapped him. And they took him to Egypt with him. And that's eventually where he died. And so there's a lot of sadness and a lot of sorrow in, in, in Jeremiah. But it's a book of hope, too. Uh, it speaks of the return of a remnant uh, and, and blessings that will be given in the midst of the captivity. In Jeremiah 23, there are prophecies about a righteous branch that God will raise up for the people of Israel. And we know that that righteous branch is Jesus. And he got to prophesy of the, the coming Messiah who would make us righteous and reconcile us to God. There are promises of, of peace and the restoration of, of God's covenant with his people in this book. So while it's a difficult book, there are also moments of beauty within it. So there's some, I don't know, key thoughts, we'll call them, uh, for the, the modern reader in Jeremiah. And the, the first and I think most obvious uh, as we read through this book is that we should take God's wrath seriously. God's wrath against sin is something that is, is not a joke. Um, now, as Christians, modern Christians, we know that God's wrath was ultimately poured out on Jesus on the cross. You know, that's that, uh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me moment in, in the crucifixion? God's wrath is poured out on Jesus and he atoned for all of our sins and we live in forgiveness and, and we thank him for that. And this is why we, we are Christians, right? We, we hold on to that hope that our sins are forgiven in Christ and that Jesus has indeed won the victory for us and has risen from the dead. And that's all tied to Jeremiah. Yet there are earthly consequences to our sin. Uh, and there's there's earthly consequences for for wickedness that isn't just personal but takes place on a, a national level and in the the big movements of nations in history and often as God's people we recognize uh, those moments of God's wrath are connected to idolatry when we put our hope in something other than him uh, and it gets connected to sexual immorality that often flows from that immorality. And it's also tied to the oppression of the poor and the weak and the injustice that, that comes from that. That there are consequences for those things in the history of this world. And they are at work even now in, in this world. And so we should take God's wrath seriously. And yet, uh, Jeremiah is a word of hope. God's mercy and his faithfulness are, are his proper work. These are the things that he wants to be about. His ultimate attitude toward us, even in the midst of everything that goes wrong in this world, is one of mercy and, and of love and of kindness. He has plans to give us a glorious future. In, in fact, Jeremiah 29, 11 is a very famous passage uh, it's my daughter's confirmation verse, and it's a wonderful reminder for us. God says to Judah, I know the plans I have for you. Literally in the Hebrew, um, it's something along the lines of, I know the plans I am weaving for you. It's not just a plan that, that is just out there in the future. He is bringing this thing in, into fruition. This is what the Lord says. Plans for your well-being 
or, or plans for peace, plans for shalom, and not for disaster or for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And so while Jeremiah's book is difficult, it is one that is rooted in hope. Hope that when our lives are filled with disaster and there are all kinds of troubles that are the consequences of our sin and the sins of, of nations and of communities, God's ultimate plan is, is to reconcile us and to restore us, to give us a future, a glorious future with him. And he fills us with hope. I hope this has been a blessing for you. Uh, if it has been, like it, share it. Next week, we're making another big jump in history. Uh, we're going to move into the New Testament. And we're going to talk about a young lady named Mary. Until then, God's blessings. Mm -hmm.